Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. How's it going? Good. No Sonic news this week. I'm pumped. <laughs> no, I, we've already established that the next quarter doesn't start until April, and I'm going to be saving uh, that update for when maybe for when you're allowed to talk about it again like i don't know it, like <laughs> let's let's be honest and serious for a second outside of the trolling of jocelyn uh, i i got some i got some talking to from some other co-hosts about like man you should really torture crofton with that knuckle stuff not jocelyn what does she ever do to deserve that <laughs> other co-hosts <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I, I said, you know what? Uh, you're right. And then, and then Crofton was joking, like, man. So we're doing these challenges, and uh, for for Dungeons and Diapers, I'd mentioned it before. And he's like, I was really worried you were going to make me watch Sonic or something. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? That's uh, we we usually save that for charity. So maybe that'll be our charity goal for Dungeons and Diapers is that Crofton yeah. watches Sonic. I think that's probably <laughs> what we'll do. But um, no, I don't even know if the Knuckles show will be good. The trailer was okay. I still have to show it to my kids because I, I promised I would show it to them, but I, we just haven't had a chance, which is just crazy to think about. We haven't had a chance to watch a two minute trailer, but, um, well, yeah. it's cause you're so busy in star citizen, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay. So I played star citizen and, Everyone in the Discord, and I knew this would happen, so I had Discord up because I was playing with our mutual friend, Matt. Not your husband, Matt, but okay. friend, Matt. Uh, I don't I don't know where husband Brother-in-law, Matt? Matt? Brother-in-law, Matt. There you go. Narrow it down a bit more. There's so many Matts. Uh, there's so many Matts. There's so many Matts. I mean, there's something about that time frame in the Bible. Everyone was just loving it. So, um, yeah, so we played Star Citizen. Uh, he had a, sort of reached out to the group, our friend group, and said, like, hey, there's a free fly event going on. And you can jump into the game, download it, and, and play it for free. You don't have to buy some, like, you know, mortgage-inducing ship or something. You can just, you know, jump in <laughs> for free. Um, and I was always, I've always been curious because, obviously, Star Citizen gets this, like, it's always the conversation to me having not been part of the game itself, it's always kind of to the larger internet video game group. It's like, oh, that's the game that makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year in crowdfunding, but but hasn't come out yet. I was going to say, I don't think we've ever actually talked about Star Citizen on this show, but if you are un blissfully unaware of what Star Citizen is, basically it's like a, a kickstarted, I'm not actually sure if they used Kickstarter the platform, but it, it's a crowdfunded game that has been around, I think they did their funding, like it's gotta be 10 years ago now. And like, they make so much money and people just throw money at them, but they haven't actually released the game yet. <laughs> and so it just became playable in the past couple of years, but it's still in like, quote unquote, early, early access. Um, but it seems like they're making good progress now. But uh, yeah, I think so. Husband Matt, my husband, um, was like in on the original Kickstarter so, or original crowdfunding, whatever, you know, before me, before kids, before, you know, like any kind of um, responsibilities. He threw a butt ton of money at it, too. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so he he did he did buy some expensive Yes. ship or whatever and, <laughs> and then bought like a bunch of stuff because i know uh both 
both the mats have like the setup like the yes he's got like the flight sim um yeah I'm moving my hands. I know you guys can't see me right now, but I'm moving my hands in a way that you might when you try to fly an airplane. <laughs> he has yes. that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that. They're like big stick things. There's one for each hand and they like they mount to his desk like they're it's heavy duty stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, I think they're I, I've heard them called. I think it's a, it's a type of system, but it's like a HOTAS uh, or maybe that's know. the head tracking. I don't know. I, they, they say these words and I just smile and nod and. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I've always been curious about Star Citizen because of its pedigree. And and there's also this like single player component that they say they're working on um, that features a bunch of star studded, you know, actors. You got Mark Hamill and mm-hmm. um, uh, other other actors. <laughs> was it? <laughs> and other I can't actors. think of anybody else. From- the game awards. I feel like there was something, and I get this was like within the first month of new baby, so I was in a haze. But wasn't there like an event where, or maybe it was just a Star Citizen thing that Matt was watching specifically? But anyways, I remember them putting out this like hugely long trailer with all showcasing all the the actors and everything else. It might have just been Matt showing me something on YouTube. <laughs> Now that I think about it, <laughs> oh my god, my life is a blur. <laughs> and, no, I feel you. I I, I, I get it. But yeah, there was something that came out about their single player stuff, and it was a really big deal, and everyone's yeah. very excited. <laughs> so the character, so here are the actors, and I mean, this is a huge list. You've got Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, Mark Strong, uh, John Reese Davies, Liam Cunningham, Jack Houston, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Gillian Anderson. Andy Circus, like these are these are big names. Yeah, I think Jillian Anderson has a has a really big uh really big part in it or seemed like she's like a, a fleet commander kind of character, I think. She is Captain McLaren, whatever that means. There you I mean, go. I, I know what it means, but I I don't know about the general context. We're so well informed. Uh like, but this is the point, is uh we're we're not, or at least I'm not. You probably have a stronger connection to this just through Matt playing the game. But um, I jumped in, and again, I was always curious because I, I I had never played it. I've never seen trailers outside of like the snippets from the single player game they're working on, and I just I've always been curious. So when you know the chance was sort of floated out there, I was like, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll check it out. And uh, Matt was nice enough to sort of like walk me through it. He. Uh, we sort of jumped in and I, of course I had discord running. So discord was reporting. I was playing citizen or star citizen and everyone's like, Oh, did Ryan lose a bed? And like everyone saw <laughs> me playing this like thinking, I thought we were doing Alan wake too. What's going on. <laughs> um, but like I said, I was just, I was, I was very curious about the game. I figured it wouldn't be for me. It, I'm not the kind of person to love like the super realistic, like space sim yeah sure like even sp- just anything like but yeah space sim for sure like it just sounds so daunting but i was curious so jumped in you, you it was a free account i they give you like a free ship just by by being part of this free flyers day or week or whatever and the game starts you you have a character that you create uh as i was told it really doesn't matter because once you're in you usually equipped a helmet and all's well um, the armor that is presented to you, it feels very mass effect. Like when you start, you're not in your ship, you're in like some sort of citadel type area. Okay. And if you are walking through, 
you might look around and think like, oh, this is like a next generation alpha build of Mass Effect uh, in the sense that it feels like they've built this world. There are characters walking around, but it's there's not a lot going on. There are characters. There are some that are talking to you, but it, it feels like very like they're not quite done. And I think that is the point of Star Citizen. As you as you start in the world, it's like, okay, this really does feel like early access. Um, it's not broken, but you can clearly tell they're still putting the pieces together. Uh, and then you have to, like, follow the instructions. <laughs> so the first thing I did was, like, I follow the instructions. I go through the whole thing. I, I take a tram to the shuttle launch. I book my shuttle. I retrieve my shuttle. You have to, like, tell it to send it to a specific hangar. Then you take the elevator to the hangar and then there's your ship. And every, and because it's a sim, you have to do everything. You have to like, you know, walk up to the ship and push the ramp button. The ramp comes down, you get into the ship, you close the ramp, you sit down in your chair, you, you go through all the launch sequences before you can take off. You have to tell the hangar that you're leaving so that they open the door. <laughs> Which like, I mean, to, to some people like, cause like you say, it is a sim. That probably sounds amazing. Yeah. To me, I'm like, oh my God, never. Yes. Like, I, I could never. I would just be like, okay, I have to do what now? It's like talking to people and to try to make a relationship with them all over again. <laughs> Too <laughs> realistic. <laughs> just give me a to, checklist. <laughs> you have to bribe them with coffee and yeah. then they <laughs> let you pass. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, like I said, while I was doing it, it didn't feel... Like it didn't, it didn't feel like it wasn't fun. It was like, I could totally understand that this is, I can see where, why people really love this game because of the immersive realism that's there. Like the yeah. fact that you have to ask, like that makes perfect sense to me. Like, of course you have to ask to leave because they have to track that you've left. They have to open the doors. They have to make sure that, 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 that you're not going to fly into somebody else's ship. <laughs> it's like, it's like flight control, right? Or Yeah. What are they called? The airport guys. Uh, oh my god! Air traffic controllers. Yes, those guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no dudes with light up cones that I could see. It was uh, all sort of missed opportunity. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe they'll add it in a patch. Who knows? Um, so basically, like, and this is the whole tutorial. This is before I even started playing with with Matt. I was I was just trying to get literally off the ground so that we could meet somewhere and and do a mission yeah. together. So I get. Out of my, I, I figure it because I'm playing and also I'm playing with a controller, so I don't have anything fancy. I have my computer in the living room because I've been trying to play Alan Wake uh, with the controller yep. in, the, in the TV room. So I'm playing with the controller and I have a, like a wireless keyboard on my lap in case I need it because there's like so many different um, ways to interact with the world. And there's a bunch of like keyboard shortcuts and stuff. And, and uh, but for the most part, it worked really well with a controller. I was honestly worried that i was going to be forced to have to move my pc into the other room mouse and keyboard it but like i was able to play outside like probably 95 percent of everything i did i was able to do with the controller um occasionally i had to pull the keyboard over to like interact with an object um because as far as i understand the, con the controller support is still Again, being worked on, uh, it's not mm -hmm. as fleshed out as well. The again, like mouse. this isn't this isn't a full release game. This no. is still early access alpha stuff. Exactly. Uh, so 
then I got out of the hangar and I thought, okay, this is going well. Uh, I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm, I'm following the sort of the waypoints is telling me to leave the space station. And then all of a sudden I start to descend and I'm like, I can't figure out how to like get my thrusters going. And I, <laughs> I crash. I, I literally like just <laughs> crash into the ground. And because it's the tutorial, I have to start all that all over again outside of creating oh a character. Yeah. I went right back to the <laughs> beginning and I'm like, okay, great. So then I'm at the point where I'm like trying to, you know, schedule with Matt and I'm like, i get to the point where I take the tram and I felt like I was in the real world because I get stuck on the tram. I miss my stop. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> I miss my stop and I'm, cause I'm like responding to messages on my phone, which is like a nightmare I have. Oh my God. This is so realistic. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So then I get back on the, then I'm on the tram. It's like, is this my spot? I get off. It's like, no, this is my spot. Turn around. Tram's left. Okay. So I got to wait for the tram to get back. Oh my god! So I get in the tram and then I think I did like two loops before I like, okay, I need to put my phone down. I need to sit here and watch the departure screen (laughs) to make sure I get off at the exact spot that I, because you have to get off at the exact spot, which is the hangar. So I do, I get off, I get in the hangar, I I relaunch and this time I like, I make sure like, okay, thrusters are on, don't touch the keyboard, don't turn them off, just get out into orbit. And I did that. (laughs) <laughs> then did like Matt meet up with you and tow you somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Eventually I did get to the end of the tutorial, which was to go to a specific station. And then uh, I had Matt just meet me there. And and he's got like a big ship with like co-pilot options. And uh, Okay, so you could have just like jumped into his ship and gone with him. But did you guys like take your two separate ships and... So no. you got a little bit more. Oh, okay. No, you went. And I, you just went with him. <laughs> I was pretty stoked. So, this, so I got to the station to end the tutorial, and it was basically like, okay, land it, like dock, and <laughs> get out of your ship. And I'm like, this isn't gonna. I, I if I can't dock this. Did ship, you see me take off? How do you expect <laughs> me to land this thing? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I in my mind, I'm like, if I can't land this ship, I have to stop playing. Because, like, I can't get out of the ship if I can't land it. And if I can't land it and get out, I can't play with my friend who's waiting patiently in (laughs) Hangar 1 while I'm trying to not destroy Hangar 3. Uh, So, but then this is where I was very impressed. Like, I I was like, okay, like, I, I, I tried a couple of sort of approaches. Those didn't work bounced off maybe scuffed some paint a little bit everything was okay though (laughs) and then matt was like well you got to make sure that you turn on the external cameras and that you try to like um you'd have to learn how to strafe and i'm like okay perfect i'll learn how to strafe and i was kind of like the the game is very good at once it recognizes what controller or what input method you're using to display the hotkeys to do something that you might want to do like strafe or land um and it was showing me how to strafe with the controller and a lot of his like button combinations. Cause again, you're trying to reproduce a full keyboard on a controller mm-hmm. and I managed to strafe. I managed to land and I got on my ship and, and I was like, okay, I did it. I don't have to go back in that ship again because I have someone who knows how to fly and, and he's going to fly me around. Um, so I get in Matt's ship. He's got like, he's got a co-pilot seat He's got uh, he's got bunk beds, which is pretty cool. Like, what what kind of ship is is incomplete? Is complete without a set of bunk beds, so that's good. It's got like a whole crew section, and he's got like a um, he's got like a turret you can mount, you can get into, 
And then there's also like he had like a vehicle that we could like co-op in as well. So he was all kitted. Oh, cool. He was all yeah. ready for you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He was stoked. So, um, and then I guess you can, and, and then this is the thing, like the, the part of the game that feels the most complete is obviously the one that people play it for, which is the, the space navigation. Like all of that mm-hmm. felt like they've got a good, obviously they have a good product here. Cause that's why this game is so popular uh, among those folks that really love space sims. I have I have a question about the space travel because this is the thing about these kind of games that always like I mean they have to make it not totally realistic right because space travel just takes so freaking long like to get to Mars it takes like months so how I don't want to say how accurate is it but I guess how realistic but still engaging is it to do space travel because I imagine it's like meant to feel like real time but also can't be real time like i i'm trying to picture how this isn't boring as fuck <laughs> right well that's where the quantum jumps come in is that you can okay you can basically go warp <laughs> you can jump whatever. from one place to another okay yeah i didn't do that i didn't read the tutorial very much because i was like <laughs> the space station was like oh it's only like thirty thousand kilometers away and i i was again we were on discord to say well you just need to make sure you increase your your speed thrust like reduce the controls on your thrusters so you can go super fast and and i was like oh it's taking forever and he's like well did you quantum jump and i'm like uh no i'm just kind of moving forward i just put my foot on the gas what's the problem (laughs) i know that's exactly what i did uh but i again like i got there and i mean the parts of the, the other parts of the game that they're still very much working on would be the stuff that is closer to like the the single player like the squadron 42 which are like the missions the citadel like walking around the there's combat on on foot with you know first person shooter type combat Mm -hmm. that stuff's still being worked on and ironed out like that's not done at all because when we were playing it we had a mission to basically it was a bounty fly to this moon find this person and take them out so we go to the well, first of all, we couldn't figure out how to turn the ship on because we we were both sitting and we were he was sitting in the pilot seat. I was in the co-pilot seat and we didn't realize that because we had a co-pilot, I had to turn the ship on. Oh, you had a job, <laughs> which kind of makes sense. Like it's it's, you know, it's a co-pilot seat, not a passenger seat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I said, like, I can't just go to sleep in the bunk beds and you can just fly me <laughs> to where we need to go. Uh, so once we got the ship turned on and we got to the moon, <laughs> we were like, okay, like, how do we want to approach this? Like, there's a little, it's like a Mass Effect game. There's a little target on our, on the map. You know, we landed, we safely landed. We took the vehicle out, you know, uh, I was driving, uh, again, felt very like alpha build of like a next generation Mass Effect where it's like, they're still very much working on the controls of this vehicle. And uh, we finally find the person we're looking for. And it's like a crashed spaceship. And the dude is just standing there, just doing nothing, staring off into the distance. And we're like there. We we drove a vehicle in behind him like he, he should have seen us coming. Uh, it was clearly like, again, very early access. Yeah. Dude just standing there, you know, and our and our task is to take him out because it's a bounty. And we just shoot him. And again, nothing happens. He just he stands there and until he loses all his health and then. You know, he didn't fight back at all or anything. He didn't fight fight back. He didn't even look, (laughs) didn't even give us the satisfaction of looking at our direction. 
Wow. Just stood there. So, uh, look, like I said, I totally understand why folks love this game, why it's got such, you know, uh, potential and uh, it's got money being thrown at it. I get the jokes that like, hey, haha, you can buy a $300 spaceship and, you know, but that's the type of stuff that works in the game and feels really great. So when they launch a new ship and they charge uh, an amount of money for it, I I personally like don't understand wanting to spend, you know, I, I don't I don't even know how much it is. I saw like the entry ships that you can get during the free flyer. They were all under $100. Which, okay, I just, I just laughed. But at the same time, like if you're thinking that Star Citizen is going to be your game or, you know, if this is going to be your investment in the game, I mean, AAA titles are pushing a hundred bucks now. So as much as I go a hundred bucks, it's like, yeah, but if that's what you need to play the game, then, you know, like it's it's kind of like the difference between buying like a standard edition a deluxe or a collector's right like those are it's the same pricing it just sounds like it sounds like a lot when you say i just bought a spaceship in a game but really what you're buying is the game yeah right yeah Yeah. you're buying access to the game and like because that's how you get into the game you have to buy a package but because it was a free flyers i was able to to get in for free and they gave me one ship to just and the ship ship. is small like it's it's a one-seater there's nothing to it so but it gets you from point a to point b which is exactly what i would look for in a vehicle like hey if i can get from (laughs) port to port that sounds good yeah and all they all they want to do is to introduce you to the concepts right like it's not meant to be you know this is the entirety of the experience yeah so you know they're very much still working on the stuff surrounding the space sim you know, like the, mm-hmm. but, but, but it's there. Like, but the space sim is solid. Oh yeah. Yeah. From what I could tell, like, you know, there was, it, it felt very, it felt very good, you know, like, uh, but I haven't played a lot of them, but like having played, I guess like, I don't play a lot of them, but I, Starfield was one of those that was like more of like a space sim, like my first space sim in comparison to this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and and uh but yeah uh, it was a fun experience i'm glad i tried it out because honestly it was one of those like blind spots for gaming Mm -hmm. because like again like we hear about it all the time and it's usually like this joke of like haha star citizen you know made another hundred million and featured another trailer with mark hamill that will never never see the game you know but i like that i truly believe that game is coming and it's it's waiting for these extra pieces that one would expect from a single player game that isn't just flying a ship around. Mm-hmm. Um, you need that ground combat. Well, yeah, they, that- I think they've, they've basically shifted the focus multiple times, right? So yes. it went from a straight up space sim to them saying, Oh, okay, well actually I think maybe we can add this and I think maybe we can expand here and, you know, like let's use our hundreds of millions of dollars to get some acting talent behind it and let's write a story. Like it has definitely evolved from the first original product they were aiming for, but it sounds like they've delivered on the first product and now they're just adding extra pieces. So, you know, it'll, it'll come and it'll be ready when it's ready. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We just need people to go in there and buy some more cool ships and, yeah. and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, I guess like the next phase would be like to not buy a bunch of that equipment, but I know, I know both mats have offered like when, 
when I was nearby their their setups is like, hey, you want to try this? Like, I think it's like a whole head tracking dual joystick sort of like, but there's, there's so many buttons that, but I, I totally get that like all those buttons do a thing so that yeah. you can fly a thing. So it's, it's, it's neat. like mapping your keyboard to a couple of joysticks and a headpiece. Yeah. 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 It's such a, like, it's just, it's a, it's a good example of how like, versatile gaming can be because it's not you know you have things on your phone to like things that require hundreds of dollars of equipment that doesn't even include mm-hmm. the the console or platform or whatever and yeah it's right up there with like racing rig setups yes. right <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it's it's crazy that i can play it with uh i can play star citizen with just a controller and a wireless logitech keyboard with a trackpad on it as a, like i'm seriously like i'm just doing like the bare minimum to play it. Whereas other people have like crazy setups, including like this head rig that tracks their eye movement. It's just crazy. So that is very, very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you got, uh, got some time in there because I know like you're right. It's definitely a blind spot for both of us. And I'm like arm's length aware of it, but, uh, yeah, it sounds really cool. I mean, not my thing, but it's a thing that I am glad that it exists. (laughs) Uh, so I did not play Star Citizen, but I did spend a lot of time in the dark this last week. Uh, so I played Dead by Daylight's new and now gone mode <laughs> called Lights Out. So they basically have uh, revamped the UI and the menu to allow for these like time limited events, which was like a whole new set of rules in Dead by Daylight, which was really, really cool. So basically what they did was they reduced everyone's vision to like 10 meters. So the entire map was really, really dark. You could basically only see what was right in front of you. They took away the killer terror radius and they took away the survivor scratch marks. They um, basically like pared down the UI. So all you had as a survivor and a killer was like you didn't even have the the moments popping up where it would be like you got 250 blood points for you know like escaping the killer you got a thousand blood points for doing a gen like that constant feed of information wasn't there uh all the buffs and debuffs weren't there so for instance like when um michael myers goes into his like crazy big mode he makes everybody exposed and there's a musical cue at the beginning and the end of when he's like super ultra mega dangerous and he can kill you with one shot. Um, And so like they took away, normally there's like a a skull icon on the side of your screen. There was none of that in this lights out mode. So basically uh, they didn't have um, generator or healing uh, repair progress or anything like that. Um, there was no mention of how many gens are left. So basically like all of the information that you would normally have as a player was gone. There were just, um, like character portraits where they're normally character portraits and like names. And that was it. Like all the other information gone. So it was like DVD back in like OG, like when it first came out, that's kind of what it felt like. It's like you had to pay attention to sounds like sounds was crazy. Oh, yeah. Nobody had any perks. You couldn't have any perks. No items, no add ons, no nothing. So like 
survivors were just playing survivors. Killers were just playing killers. Like they still had their power, whatever that was. Like they still had their kit, but you couldn't, there was no, um, no extra perks, no extra add-ons or anything like that. So it was very, very stripped down and it was so cool. And it was so scary. I loved every killer being a stealth killer. It was so freaky in the best possible way. (laughs) Like, you'd just be like sitting there and all of a sudden like a hatchet would whiz by your head because like Hunters was coming, but you had no idea. Like, oh man, it was it was so, so cool. Interesting. So they're kind of taking the approach that Fortnite, and I know Fortnite's not the only game that's done this, but like limited time modes that like offer a spin on that classic gameplay or or what have you. Yeah, exactly. So it was its own, it was its total own thing. Like you queued up for either like regular DVD or lights out mode, which I really like because one thing um, that I kind of dislike about Hearthstone um, is like they had, they had some of these kind of events where they changed the rules of the game, but that was the only way to play Hearthstone. Like that's the only way to play Battlegrounds. They don't have their own like basic battlegrounds or like you know whatever and then their super fun limited time mode it's all just in one game so this was really cool because uh i had one challenge that was really really hard to do uh and this is the thing all of whether you played normal dead by daylight or lights out mode you were earning uh like progress towards their battle pass you were earning progress towards your rank So even if you went into lights out mode, like you were still ranking up depending on how you did in the game. So I guess up or down. Um, So like it wasn't uh, progress wise, it wasn't separate, uh, but you didn't have to play it if you didn't want to. So I got to this one challenge in the limited time um, kind of battle pass thing they did. And uh, I couldn't really, it was really hard to do in lights out mode. Basically you had to um, drop pallets while you're being chased by the killer but because the maps were all so dark, I couldn't find pallets. <laughs> like there was that little visibility. So we went back into normal DVD mode, played a few matches, dropped a bunch of pallets, and then went back into lights out mode. Um, and yeah, it was it was really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm sad. Like it was literally only available for a week. So like it came in on Tuesday and was patched out on Tuesday. So um, I haven't seen so far um, how successful it was necessarily, but our queues in regular DVD were longer than our lights out queues. So I think a lot of the player base was engaging with it. Um, and it didn't seem, and maybe because it was available for such a short amount of time, um, there were a couple of killers that we saw like multiple times. But there didn't seem to be sort of like a figured out meta. It's not like every single killer we went against, you know, played the same way or was the same killer or anything like that. Like it was still quite varied. And uh, so I played with uh, True Villain Manny. If you guys don't follow him, you should. Uh, He does mostly Warcraft content, but uh, also some variety gaming stuff, too. So go check Manny out. He's been um, he's filled in for me (laughs) a few times on this show. So I'm sure you guys are aware, aware of who he is, but just in case you aren't, we did a stream on Twitch on Friday night, Saturday night, sometime on the weekend, <laughs> last weekend. So if you want to go check out the stream, uh, go and do that. It was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I think um, limited time events are cool. I just I wish it was like a little bit longer. But still, I think it was a really good uh, iteration of this idea of a limited time event mode. 
And it seems like we're going to get more of those in the future. So yeah, I just wanted to mention it because I had a really, really great time because it felt like I got the feeling of like being scared back again. <laughs> it's like every killer was a stealth killer, regardless of what their power was. And uh, like I was constantly looking over my shoulder. I got grabbed off of Jens a few times. Like it, it was really like stressful in the best way possible. So it felt back to like it gave me the feeling back of when I very first started playing Dead by Daylight. Do you remember like the first Extra Life we all played Dead by Daylight when it very first came out? And like the the standoff that we had and how I was like hiding in the bushes trying to get into the hatch to escape and you were the trapper. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember. How scared? I was so scared of you. Yeah. Well, I, I think I was on top of the hatch and yeah. I didn't realize it at the time because like I didn't know the rules of the game. Um, and I kept wondering why like everyone was like losing their shit, including yourself of like. <laughs> Because I was standing on the hatch. But no one, everyone was really good. They didn't say anything about it. But uh, I can't remember the outcome of it. I think you you did. You trapped the hatch because you finally left. You finally walked somewhere else. And I was like, oh my God, this is my chance. Oh, and I right. came running out of my bush. And I'd been hiding there for like 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I went running to the hatch and I got trapped. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I, was, I was accused was of glorious. spawn camping or whatever. Or camping yeah. Or like, Ryan, move around. It's like, well, I'm yeah. going to set a trap here. And yeah, I'll, I'll move around. I'll see if I can find it. And then, oh, what? Who yeah. fell on my trap? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, those are, those early days, like, it's, it's really interesting to see games, um, sort of go back to those early days. And cause most games would be like, oof, we don't want to go back to 1.0. But the fact that Dead by Daylight is like, let's, let's do a throwback, even for a week, you know, let's set yeah, it up. And just see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really neat approach. And, uh, I know, like, you know, you have a service game that's been around for how long, like, you have to keep things, fresh and i think yeah. these like limited time modes um you know i think it i think limited time modes are a good way to uh encourage people to log in and play mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like oh i gotta buy a thing yeah well and that's the thing too this then this is what i mean this is why i think that I, like i wanted to mention it and i think this was a really good implementation is because your progress in Lights Out was like, it wasn't required. If you wanted to play regular Dead by Daylight, you could, but any progress that you made went towards like your rank and your battle pass and everything else. So you weren't punished by going and playing the fun mode. You could play the fun mode and then still be getting progress towards like currency towards your, your battle pass. So I think it was uh, really well executed and I had a ton ton of fun playing so like i said it was only in the game for a week and that like that makes me kind of sad i i hope they get to the point where um kind of akin to hearthstone and wow where like wow has a special event going on every week and it's different every week like they do um time walking they do pet battles and you get like bonuses for interacting with those events um in hearthstone they have tra tavern brawl which is its own mode and and they have a different um they have a different set of rules every week and it's always wild and wacky and I never play it, but it's there. It's a thing that exists. Um, but again, those things are all like separate from your main, well, I guess the Warcraft one, it really isn't, but Hearthstone anyways is separate from your main stuff. So um, I think, yeah, this is, this was a really good implementation and I had a lot of fun and I loved like being scared in DBD again <laughs> and like not having access to like, 
not even crutch perks, just perks in general. Like the amount of um, information and bonuses and stuff that you get when you use perks that when you just strip it all out, all you have is like your normal run speed and your normal vision and like, and even the reduced vision in this mode. It was crazy. It was great. I loved it. Awesome. No, that's great. And I was going to say, you guys should all go and check it out, but you can't. You can't play it anymore. It's gone already. So the best I can tell you is to go check out uh, the VOD of uh, Manny and I playing. Uh, that should be over on uh, True Villain Manny on True Without the E. Yeah, True Villain Manny, True Without the E uh, over on Twitch if you guys are interested. Um, if you like what Ryan and I are doing and you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin. If you would like your name here, we are still looking for our February patron or our March patron or April or to come after that so if you would like your name here head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in uh, we also have the game club going on we are uh, past the halfway point now of last of us part one so if you guys want to uh, get in on that all of the previous discussion weeks are still posted up in our discord so you can join in at any point and uh, have a good fun discussion of last of us part one it's like a book club but for games so if that sounds interesting again head on over to our discord which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Now we get to the bulk of this week's show, which is the news. Um, so we had the Xbox business announcement, which was done in the form of a quote unquote podcast. I don't, Ryan, did you actually watch the watch, watch the podcast? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I, okay. Not, so did I. It, it's, it's interesting. Like a lot of, so a lot of people were like, oh, man, this is going to be a podcast. What is this? It's like, I mean, it is. It was, OK, I mean, I, technically, they were people who sat around and talked for a bit. So I guess you could call it a podcast, but it felt more like a scripted advertisement presentation. Like <laughs> there was no there was nothing candid. There was nobody giving opinions. It was like set questions to the point that like i mean i say and do some pretty cringy shit but like the, oh man it was hard to watch like i was just like oh my god could you softball them anymore like just ah oh. i mean it is the official xbox it's podcast the, yeah or... exactly like it was just it was just a let's pat our own backs and be done with it like whatever so i don't know i don't even want to call it a podcast it's just an announcement it was it was an announcement. I mean, I guess like the only thing close to it being a podcast is, is the format of of four people talking and kind of interacting. But like, as you said, like they had their talking points really interacting, though. Oh, my no, God. It felt like they were on teleprompters the whole time. It was so stiff. Oh, anyways, I hated it. Anyways, it was the it was like the epitome of this could have been an email. <laughs> Uh, it could have been a tweet that was what yeah, people in the was, discord were saying <laughs> oh god it was so like it was just such a waste of time it was such a waste of time to the point that i was like i thought i i missed it or like misunderstood something because there was so little of note that happened and i was like okay Yes, the internet definitely blew this out of proportion. Yes, there were rumors swirling all over the place. And they didn't even end up talking about or giving very much information about the biggest rumors, which were, you know, which titles were heading uh, over to other platforms. 
And I was like, okay, did we really blow this that far out of proportion? Like, why did we think this was going to be so huge? Why do we think this was going to be such a big deal? And I looked at the main Xbox Twitter account first, and it was a pretty generic statement. And then I found Phil's tweet from last week, and he said, we're listening and we hear you. So this was in, I guess, response to all the, the leaks and the rumors and people asking questions. And he says, we've been planning a business update event for next week. So event where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision. Vision's pretty big for the future of Xbox. That sounds pretty ominous, <laughs> like, or at least um, bigger and more um, involved, I'll say, than what we actually got. Because this was like basically an announcement of Diablo 4, uh, an announcement of an announcement about um, a couple of, of titles going to other platforms. And then basically patting themselves on the back and saying business as usual because we're so great. Like, <laughs> it was nothing. It was 25 to 30 minutes of nothing. <laughs> yeah, I there was um, it, it, it's I think it's a combination of the fact that they they stopped short of announcing um, what the games were. There's four games that they say will will go multi-platform uh, and the sole yeah, focus and, oh. of that was that they wanted to basically say like, hey, we're going to let those developers announce their projects. They've been working on them really hard. And and like these games that are going multi-platform, they listed a bunch of reasons for, for why they want to to sort of expand the players that get to check these games out. But like mm -hmm. the Internet kind of ran with it. And I even saw it after the announcement. Where people were saying, okay, yeah, they said it's these four. I think it was like, uh, they didn't announce the four, but the rumors are Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Pentiment, and Grounded. Yeah, because they basically said there's there's four games. So they confirmed four titles are going cross-platform. They said two of them have reached their potential on Xbox. So that would be the Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment is what the guesses are. And two are community driven and they want more players, basically. So that sounds a whole lot like you say, grounded in Sea of Thieves sound fit that bill to a T. And I mean, like, I, I don't know why they didn't just like give us the titles, like honestly. And I get that they're like, oh, yeah, they're, uh, they've been working on their announcements, whatever. But when you're going to give us that much information, you basically outed the games anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there was, uh, and I look, I'll say this, like, I think there was a lot of rumors flying before. And some of those rumors included like titles that just came out that were very much exclusive, like Starfield mm -hmm. and ones that are coming out later, which uh, like Indiana Jones. And they, there was a question again, softball question of like, well, what about Starfield and Indiana Jones and, you know, Phil Spencer? Yeah. I can confirm that those games are not going multi-platform at this time. Yeah. Like they're not saying anything definitive, you know, like. Yeah. Well, basically what they've said is that like they plan to keep stuff exclusive while it makes sense for their business. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it doesn't make sense for their business, then they're going to open it up to other platforms, which is not really a departure from how they've been how they've always kind of been doing things or thinking about things internally anyways so like he he basically said that nothing is changing um in terms of how they look at uh, platform exclusivity so again like <laughs> it was kind of like ugh, i don't know yeah. like 
technically, yes, this is your vision for the future of Xbox. But I think I think where like the internet kind of went crazy is when you say things like that, usually it tends to signal a change. And there was no change here. This was basically like the milk toastiest nothing announcement ever. So like the the biggest kind of, I guess, like news was Diablo 4 is coming to Game Pass. They are bringing Activision Blizzard games to Game Pass. Diablo 4 is where they are starting. And that's coming at the end of March, I think. So like, which again, doesn't really feel like news because like it's Diablo 4 has been out for a while. And, you know, obviously this has to do with the acquisition and now they have the rights and now they're going to put it on Game Pass. Everyone saw this coming. Like, again, okay. <laughs> you could have, like you say in Discord, you could have put it in a tweet. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the format, I think it's the format. Like the format reminds me of like, what we thought we left behind with the old school E3 press conference of like, yeah, we have an announcement for you. Yeah. You know, it, (laughs) and and again, like it, it could have been, I think it, they went the conversation approach and this goes back to previous conversations we've had about Microsoft. like, I think they've lost their touch in terms of like being able to have that conversation approach because of everything that's happened recently, including layoffs, including the lead up to buying ABK. And I, I think that, this was probably just the wrong approach, you know? Yeah, the whole thing felt so tone deaf. They were talking about, um, like, uh, Phil was talking about all of the the play anywhere and their philosophy and how they, they want to take things to other platforms. And he kept talking about, like, Windows PC as if their parent company, Microsoft like didn't own everybody like he kept talking about windows as if windows was playstation like and it's like no you're all the same fucking company we're not stupid like when you say oh we bring so many things to pc that's still you (laughs) you have the vast vast majority of personal computing operating system machines. Like there's you and Linux and there's Apple and market share wise, like windows blows them out of the water. Sorry, everybody else. But just like in terms of market share, most personal computers are windows. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm recording this on a Mac, but I know I can't play Xbox games on my Mac (laughs) unless they really do count cloud uh, as like a, platform and i i guess you know they've done the work they've done the investment they're technically they can say that in but again it goes back to the, it's a conversation that they're having it feels so stale and they did they did touch on the layoffs which i thought i thought man if you're going to talk about all this and then not mention the layoffs and and the way they did it is they talk specifically about if the like they t- like it goes back to these conversations we had before where like there's this constant need for growth which is impossible to sustain yeah. And he basically said the quiet part aloud saying like, hey, if an industry doesn't see growth and the video game industry has this serious potential to not see growth in the coming years, that leads to layoffs. And it's like, wh- why? But why? But yeah. why? You're just saying There's, it doesn't mean it's true. You know, like, yeah, I don't get it. It's but, a, well, it's, see, this is the, and this is a, a huge problem. It's not just a video game problem, but it's a problem across Every industry, everything, everywhere is that, you know, like because you have um, stockholders, they're constantly expecting, like you say, growth. 
And eventually, you just can't grow anymore. And then so in order to grow, you can't sell anymore. You've completely saturated the market. You've sold to as many people you can sell to. The only way to make profit is to cut your expenses. And they cut expenses by getting rid of people. And then so but like, eventually, that growth is going to become unsustainable because you can only fire so many people and before you run out of people to fire, then what the fuck are you going to do? So maybe, maybe be okay with stability instead of growth. You bunch of fuckers. Yeah. Trillion so dollar angry. company. It, yeah. It, <laughs> it doesn't uh, like, like it's you know, infuriating. Like I'm getting riled. I know you and I aren't CEOs. Maybe we just don't get it. Maybe Phil Spencer <laughs> would be on here. Is like, you guys just don't understand. No, you know? they just want to bleed everyone and everything dry. And then they want to go and fucking die. So <laughs> they don't care what happens after that. They just want to amass a fortune, have whatever that they can get out of this life and then piss off and die. That's yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, though, like the fact that Phil Spencer has been around for so long and continues to be like if he sticks it through for the next, you know, if he if he doesn't leave in the next year, I, I could I could believe him a little bit more when he says like he 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 believes in Xbox. He wants to see Xbox succeed. Uh, like, I think there's there's something to that, because usually when something like this happens where there's massive layoffs or um, they have they're not seeing growth they the ceo or the president or whatever whatever becomes a revolving door right like it's like well you know we take these actions and then the person who we can attribute these actions to gets the boot so it'll be interesting to see like if this is if this is what they felt they needed to do for the future of xbox it's interesting it'll be interesting to watch and see if the future is indeed bright like but i didn't Nothing from this presentation really, you know, changed things for me. No. Like, you know, Xbox is well, still going to be an Xbox and Game Pass is still day one on Game Pass. Everyone was losing their mind thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, day one on Game Pass is going away. It's like, no, Game Pass is Xbox and PC. They also the just sorry to pull it back to the growth a little bit because I didn't yeah. want this to to, you know, go unsaid is, you know, like the layoffs I find even more frustrating within the context of this presentation that they did because they're sitting there. It was in the it was in the wrap up part. And the the host was like, hey, can you just like, you know, bullet point this, like wrap it up for us? And and she's sitting there. The I think she's the, the was the president of Xbox. I can't I can't remember exactly what all their titles were. But anyways, um. And she's like, we have the most players on Game Pass. We have the most players on the cloud. And we have the most, or like, it was like Xbox, PC, the cloud. Like, basically, they're, they're three platforms. Um, and they're like, we have the most players ever. We've seen the biggest growth. We've had the best quarter. And I'm like, and you, like, you had all of this growth. Your employees did so well to put products out there that people wanted that you have the most users you've ever had taking advantage of your games and your platforms and you laid off 8% of your workforce. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> just how how can you sit there and expect us to get excited about your platform when this is the situation that you've put yourselves in? Like, it just, oh man, I just, yeah. it made me so angry. I was, I, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you like put you it say, really so, well, like it's hard to get excited 
about the future of Xbox. Like I'm I'm interested in playing Diablo Four now that's coming to Game Pass. I know when I'll I'll check it. I out. was gonna say yeah. So you got your one month off of Game Pass, and now you're gonna go back for Diablo Four <laughs> for a month. I I like yeah. like you know I'm I'm now month to month because you know there isn't the trick to get a whole you know slew of Game Pass. Yeah, but I think that it um there wasn't a strong focus on games here, even though like the core. Uh, addressing should have been uh, towards the games like the fact that when they said we're not going to announce the games i was like well what are we doing here folks yeah um, <laughs> so they didn't do that but we guessed the games they addressed like some of the games that it's funny like uh, but again like they addressed it but then i still see i thought oh this must be an old tweet it's like no it was a new tweet someone saying you know gears and such and such and such and such might be coming to playstation i'm like but but again, like, that's true. You can continue to make those rumors up because at the end of the day, Phil said, like, whatever makes us money, we're going to make money. And, and mm-hmm. I think. Well, and that's the know. thing. They didn't close the door. Right. So that's no. where all this clickbait shit is coming from. They didn't lock down and say, like, they basically said there's four games that we have chosen to make cross platform as of today. But going forward, like the, it's not like they're closing the door that this is this is the way they look at things is that they want to make sure that if they have exclusivity on xbox that they you know i think at some point somebody threw around the the time period of a year so like if if it's been on xbox exclusively for more than a year then it's kind of fair game it's basically anytime it makes business sense for them to put it on another platform they're going to so i think you know that could be quite a lot of different titles they've got four that are going to other platforms as of right now and there will probably be more in the future so you know like again it's whatever they think is going to make the money they're going to do uh speaking of making the money they did have some hard basically uh, again an announcement of announcement they said they're going to have hardware news for us this holiday and it's going to be the biggest leap within a generation so this is going to be the the point five basically of of this xbox generation so you can Uh, look forward to that i guess (laughs) yeah i i kind of caught that news as like two separate things in that there would be new there'd be hardware this holiday and that the next generation of xbox would be the greatest leap uh oh i'll have to go back and i'll have to go back and listen because i thought they said in a generate like within a generation oh um, um, maybe again like i i might have got lost in the market like this this is it's funny because this just happened and i'm trying to see if i if i can if i can find it but yeah the so the largest technical leap you will ever have seen in a hardware generation okay for the next console so maybe so yeah it sounds like that's the next console, but that could be anything like it was all marketing speak you know yeah. like i'm well, trying to find it, yeah, the holiday this is mention. like a- I was going to say, yeah, because I, I couldn't I remember I didn't actually rewind and I probably should have um, because I couldn't remember slash tell if they said hardware news this holiday season or new hardware this holiday season. OK, so they did because uh, I was making it. notes at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they tweeted it. So it's basically Xbox hardware will also continue to be a flagship experience for players and for uh, game developers to launch games, blah, 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 blah. Uh, innovative multi-year hardware roadmap including more console and controller options for you this holiday which is likely referring to um Again, the stuff we saw like- in the ftc leak so <laughs> yeah it's just it's still even the tweet is worded funny oh, like are they giving us the road 
Yeah. Are they giving us the roadmap this holiday season or are they giving us the hardware this holiday season? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very awkwardly worded. But anyways, anyway. uh, there, yeah, there is. So there is new hardware coming. So they're going to do the their halfway through the generation update. Um, and then they talked a bunch about backwards compatibility and making sure that um, and and again, they kept saying that you own a game on multiple platforms because they kept saying that like when you buy it on Xbox, you can play it on PC. Um, and so basically they said, you know, with their upcoming consoles, they're committed to backwards compatibility and making sure that you can always play your games somewhere, which again, basically means like Windows. <laughs> I guess long, and he even gave the example of Windows and being able to boot up decades old games over on his pc so like whatever it just that's not technically true but yeah right <laughs> yeah I, I mean like i i it, it, it the whole thing and again like you know to kind of wrap it up they say like oh we have 34 million game pass subs yeah. but like that includes because they call everything game pass now there's yeah. game pass core there's game pass ultimate there's game pa- game pass xbox game pass pc so they kind of lump it all together and i get it they say 34 million paying game pass subscribers yeah but everything's game pass which i i think is a smart way to do it because not only does it allow you to include you get a snappy comment but it goes back to growth like if they combine everything and say oh this is our game pass stat it gives you a boost by combining it but like how yeah, long if, does that like, last if last yeah if last year they had 25 million people on game pass but it was called like it, there was one game pass but now everything xbox gold everything else is rolled into game passes like you might have lost ultimate subscribers but you would never know that because they get absorbed into other areas and therefore your stats don't go down yeah so yeah, this is definitely um, the lumped together stats. This is the first time where we've had that Game Pass branding on everything. So it'll be, I think, more telling kind of going forward is our next Game Pass stat that we get going to be 35 or 33. Like that's where it's going to really start to show. Um, but yeah, like you say, this time is is very much a, a combined like how many people are paying Xbox to interact with their platform, right? Um, yeah. Which basically, which is also kind of a stat that we, well, we got, we got a stat out of PlayStation as well. So we did get some, uh, some PlayStation news this week as well. Um, so PlayStation said they have 123 million monthly active users on PSN. So PSN, just as a reminder, because I had to look this up because I was like, there's so many names of so many things now. Uh, but PSN is people who have the free account that basically lets them sign into their PlayStation. It is not PlayStation Plus, which would be the like one for one comparison with Game Pass. So um, it is basically 123 million people are actively using their PlayStation. We did not get the monthly active users out of Xbox today. So like not quite a one-to-one comparison, but still 123 million monthly active users is very impressive. So good job, PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the PlayStation story, like uh, it was kind of interesting. Like it, it feels, and we've talked about this before. I, I was saying like, you know, Sony doesn't have anything first party on the books for 2024. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, maybe Wolverine will be 2024. And it's like, no, like it looks like Insomniac is, 
is going to be taking the year to uh, work on Wolverine and whatever other projects they've got going on to release outside of uh, uh, this fiscal, which ends March 2025. So they it's and this is kind of telling, like, you know, Sony in the year where a Switch 2 is possible and Xbox finally has their shit together and is releasing first party (laughs) games. It has said like, oh, we don't we don't have any major first party games on the books for 2024. Well, but that that being said, like, so I think um, in in my head, I often confuse um, first party with exclusive. So yes, there yeah. are third party exclusives coming this year. So Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, Silent Hill Two Remake, um, Rise of Ronin, which I think is um, that's launching the week after the horizon goes to PC. So obviously that's going to be game of the year. Uh, so, you know, like very much, I'm, I'm so sad. <laughs> Poor horizon. But anyways, um, basically like they still have exclusive titles. There's still a reason to buy a PlayStation. It's just that there's nothing coming from their first party is first party studios. So no God of war stuff, no horizon stuff, like the things that Sony makes itself which I often get confused because it like at first I, I was like, Oh my God, there's going to be nothing exclusive to PlayStation until 2025. That seems wrong, <laughs> but that's not, that's not correct. It's, you know, there's still exclusives, just not first party titles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like I think PlayStation of all the platforms is the one that can take the year to, to build out their first party you know, titles uh, like Wolverine, future Spider-Man projects, uh, you know, God of War, uh, Last of Us, that sort of stuff, because they have they look, I, I'm going to say strong third party support. But like, let's be honest, they buy a lot of exclusives. They they th- that's their business. Yeah, model, like <laughs> they, will, they will pay support. for exclusivity. Exactly. That's the thing, right? Like you can call it support or whatever you want to call it. But basically, like they they run their business in a way to make sure that there's always a reason to buy a PlayStation. Yeah. To the point that like their their next quarter, they they said, you know, be prepared for less sales. But they're still talking about a difference between 25 million units and 21 million units. The fact that this far into a console cycle, they're still selling 21 units and 21 million units in a quarter that's still a lot of playstations so yeah uh, i mean like i don't i don't think they're hurting by any stretch of the imagination but that could circle us around to the growth conversation again which let's not do that because the state of the industry right now is such that we have more layoff conversation to have because embracer is warning that there are more layoffs coming even though there's already let go of almost 1400 staff so uh, we've been covering these layoffs. They they did a whole bunch at the end of the year last year, November, December. And basically, they are lighting the internet on fire right now because they basically said the quiet part out loud by saying our overruling principle is to always maximize shareholder value in any given situation. Um, and so people are like taking that line and running with it because like, Yes, you have a responsibility when you are a publicly traded company to your shareholders, but at the same time, like you should also be focusing on making good games and providing your workforce with some stability, <laughs> you would think. So, uh, yeah, people are getting really upset about them essentially saying what all the other companies are doing, right? So, again, circling back to the growth conversation. And I really wish the industry was in a better place so we didn't have to talk about this every fucking week. But here we are. So 
Um, yeah, Embracer's warning that they are probably going to have to lay off more staff. Uh, they've already canceled more than 20 projects and they own a lot of studios. So, um, yeah, it's just not a good situation. They apparently, um, the kind of when they started their restructuring in June of last year, they were about $2 billion in debt. So they've now uh, reduced that to about $1.5 billion, but their target is uh, basically half that. So they want to get to uh, $762 million in debt. <laughs> in debt, can you even imagine, Ryan? <laughs> no, try not to. Uh, yeah, these numbers are just too big for me to wrap my, <laughs> my little independent head around. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like when we look at this story... And an embracer is a little different from other companies where as yeah. they um they made a two billion dollar debt or sorry, a two billion dollar uh bet and now they're in two billion dollars debt because that deal was sort of uh yeah, scrapped the at the last second. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's just it, like, you know, we talk about maximize shareholder value. It's like, well, I mean, they screwed up. Embracer yeah. did. This had nothing to do with with the folks that they're firing. It had nothing to do with poor, um, you know, sales for games. It had nothing to do with. <laughs> Isn't it funny how it's always the workers who pay? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, yeah. There's nothing new happening here, but it's just it's it's one of those things where you look at this company as like how how would anyone trust Embracer? Yeah. Ever again, like how, like as a. And and I mean, remove ourselves as consumers and and just folks interested in the video game industry. Like if you work in the industry uh, and you're looking for, uh, obviously there's no jobs at Embracer right now because they're getting rid of them all. But like <laughs> down the road, if this company survives, it's kind of funny. Like this is the group that picked up THQ, which also was, yeah. you know, uh, had, uh, was it, was it, uh, you know, it was at fault for its own downfall. And they're, it's happening again. Like history is repeating yep. itself. Like this is the THQ thing all over again, where this company has spread themselves too thin and is basically like, I don't know, like you give that quote, you know why they're given in the quote, they're given the quote because they're talking to their shareholders. And, um, but again, like, uh, I just don't know how you go on with this name embracer. Uh, they've got some big, you know, uh, titles. I was just looking at IGM and we were trying to, pull up the story for the xbox stuff because um the next tomb raider game which is under embracer they revealed their their new official redesign of lara croft and and that's an embracer game so embracer has like these these big portfolios but alongside mm -hmm. like a lot of smaller ones and i think that's the real struggle i have with embracer is that like it's not going to be these big titles that fall through the cracks there are there are some like deus ex that got canceled um, mm -hmm. but a lot of these smaller projects at Embracer are going to, are going to get hit harder than let's say the Tomb Raider, uh, the Tomb Raider game, Tomb Raider next that they're working on with, in partnership with Amazon. Like they got Amazon money and Embracer, I guess, whatever, if Embracer has money or whatever. But like, I think that's the struggle I have is like when they're looking for cuts, they're going to be going after the smaller projects and not the bigger ones that have namesake like gearbox and tomb raider and all that so that's that's the unfortunate part i think that's the thing that really i struggle with is that these smaller titles the some would say more interesting ones to play uh the more unique ones are probably going to suffer the most from this yeah. bonehead decision that they've 
Well, because they're the Man. they're the unproven ones, right? Like they're the yeah. ones that they don't know how they're going to sell, and they they hope they do well, but they just can't take any gambles right now because of again their poor business decisions. So, yeah, there uh, there's a lot of IPs that are under this umbrella right now, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate to see some of the the things that are being canceled. But uh, yeah, they are expecting more layoffs than uh, to try to get underneath their basically to try to cut their remaining debt in half, which is monumental. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, let's end off on a little bit more of a happier note, and that is that we got more Peaches! <laughs> Princess Peach uh, got more uh, revealed, I guess, um, forms. I'm not 100% sure um, what they're actually called. Costumes, maybe? Yeah, I guess because it's, it's meant to be like a, a play, right? Um, so Princess Peach Showtime, we just saw a new costume. So now she's got, um, figure skater Peach, mermaid Peach, dashing thief Peach, and mighty Peach. Um, they all looked pretty cool. And I really like how they are incorporating all these different ideas into this one game and all of these different kind of mechanics and stuff. That being said, mermaid Peach looks incredibly lame. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you control, you sing to the fish. Yeah, you sing to the fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Figure skater Peach. Okay. Yep. Dashing thief. All right. Yeah. That looks pretty straightforward. Uh, Mighty Peach. Cool. You get to be like a superhero kind of thing. She's like super strong and picking up spaceships and throwing them at each other. Great. Uh, Mermaid Peach. There's music notes. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) I don't really feel like I'm doing much there, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a more involved mechanic than it looks like in a very, very short trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this looks to be like Nintendo's final, you, you know, original game for the switch. It's the, it's the only one we have yeah. that, uh, that isn't a remake or a remaster, uh, on the books, so to speak. But, um, there's, there's talk that Nintendo is gearing up for some announcements. There was supposed to be a direct, uh, today, uh, but I guess they pushed it. Because yeah, we, the, de- the business. we delayed for yeah, we delayed for Xbox business and we were supposed to have Xbox talk about and the direct from Nintendo today. And then instead we got could have been an email and a cancellation. So apologies yeah. for not doing this earlier in the week, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, I, I think that uh, I think all that was said would would have uh, would have still been said if if we had the weekend to think about it. But yeah, I, I think that we're we're headed into a very um interesting year for Nintendo cuz this has to be the year for the Switch 2 or the Switch successor. Yeah, whatever it's going to be. Do you think it's going to come out this year or do you think it's going to come out next year? The uh the new hardware. I I think it'll be this year. I mean, a lot yeah. of people are really hoping for like fall/late summer, but Nintendo loves their holiday releases like uh outside of the switch like most systems i think release in like the october november time frame so but i Mm. I think it'll be this year i think it'll be i think it will be fall like i think we're kind of kind of looking at the release calendar and nintendo likes to release a major some sort of video game they can say hey this is from nintendo once a month and we had um january had like the another code uh, remaster collection uh february uh actually i don't know what february oh february was mario versus donkey kong sorry right and then march will be princess peach 
And then in terms of what you have on the books, you've got Luigi's Mansion 2 HD and uh, Thousand Year Door. Uh, and there's probably a couple others I'm forgetting. So like you're kind of. But yeah, you're talking got, remakes, not new stuff. Like Peach is yeah, the only new stuff. It is. But like they, Nintendo loves to sell $80 remakes. So like they, they yeah. consider it to be <laughs> their offering, you know. Please love our our uh, brand new game. It's like, well, I played this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that they've got enough sort of scheduled through to the summer, and I think they'll start to focus on the the next platform. Whether we get a reveal, like people are thinking in March, you know, once once Princess Peach is out there, then they can sort of focus on what's next. Which, like, I understand, but also I kind of hate that because I assume that their last major title being Princess Peach is going to be available on both. Right. In theory, that's what Mm -hmm. I would think. Usually there's some there's some stuff that is available on both when you get new hardware coming out. So if Peach is the last thing made for the Switch and everything else going forward that's like major Nintendo um, IPs is going to be available on the Switch 2 then like you're basically announcing new hardware with a release date and new stuff that's coming out right after something that could potentially will probably be available on that new hardware. So it's like you're waiting until everybody buys it on your Switch to then drop that there's the Switch 2 coming and you could have just waited and got it there. Like, and uh, yes, anybody paying attention will probably just wait and anybody who really, really wants it was going to buy it anyway. But like, I don't know, it just feels slimy. Like, just tell me that the Switch 2 is coming and if Peach is going to be available there or not. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> well, I, there, there's been a lot of talk of backwards compatibility between the Switch and the Switch 2. Like, uh, I think that um, that well, will if go they're going to be the If they're going to be similar in hardware, if it is actually going to be the Switch 2 as opposed to, you know, going from like the Wii to the Wii U, where all of a sudden you had this tablet thing and the and the hardware of it was different. Um, if it's not going to be, if it's going to still be, you know, a, a portable screen with Joy-Cons that stick on the side sort of thing, then I would hope there's a lot of backwards compatibility because they've kind of lost that hardware excuse. Yeah, Uh <sighs> I, I like I don't know it's gonna be I think I think that man I, I don't know like I could say Nintendo is gonna do like a Switch 2 that is just gonna be a bumped up Switch but honestly like I, I, if I put <laughs> really that, no one knows no one knows what Nintendo's I, gonna do <laughs> I put that under the universe and Nintendo will be like scrap it just do something let's, yeah. let's throw a tablet in there <laughs> um I don't know like uh I hope that Nintendo announces it soon I hope they don't wait too long I don't begin to understand you know, but Nintendo's in a position where they don't need to announce no, they anything. Don't need to. They could sit on it until and and just have enough time for retailers to be able to do, you know, to launch it. You know, like I think Nintendo understands their their business in a smart way, unlike Xbox and uh, maybe to a lesser <laughs> degree uh, PlayStation. But I think Nintendo has kind of got their shit together after a couple of rocky sort of cycles with the Wii and the Wii U and, 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 you know, even the GameCube before that. So I think that they've, I think that they've figured things out. We'll see if I, that proves true. I even, I hesitate to put that out there because I know Nintendo (laughs) makes mistakes too. None of these companies are perfect. And I I am not one of those to cheer on. Now I'm past that point of cheering on companies, but I, I think Nintendo has an opportunity to really win this year. And, and, uh, 
uh, come out swinging because like PlayStation just basically said like floor is all yours, you know. Um, Xbox is really the only one that's got you know games that that they're that they're scheduling for this year. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting. But I am looking forward to this Princess Peach game. Like I I have I'm 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 gonna queue up all these trailers because the game actually comes out a week before um, my youngest Isabel's birthday who's turning four at the end of March, and she is having a Princess Peach-themed birthday party. <gasps> I know. Oh, cute. Yeah. So she's got, like, a Princess Peach dress that that we got her, like, before Christmas, and she wears it, like, every time it's clean. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be her theme for her birthday. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this would be perfect. And I'm, like, contemplating showing the trailers, but honestly, it's probably something that sh- she would love anyways. So I was like, I don't need to show her the trailers. I could just kind of say to Ashley, like, I think we need to get this for, for her birthday so we can play it. So yeah, um, it it looks like it looks like a lot of fun. And honestly, I think the the changing of outfits and costumes and stuff is like, it's such a neat approach to make a varied game. I just hope it doesn't boil down to like you know mini game levels. I hope they are like yeah, levels that yeah. are unique to the costumes. Which you know, it's hard to tell like the the scope of the levels, whether it is mm-hmm. like mini games or it's like a full level with that sort of style and unique gameplay. So mm-hmm. um, I'm curious to see how this one uh, is received. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's on the scale of like, almost like worlds. Sure. You know, yeah. like, so you have multiple levels within a certain theme because it would, it would kind of feel like a waste if, even though they're, they, they've given us a whole bunch, I think they're up to, eight or nine different costumes they've revealed which actually if it is eight then that would also be very mario right because there's always eight worlds in mario so like worlds i feel like fit the kind of theme that we're getting out of peach so far um i would hope that's the scale that we're looking at and that you get to use a mechanic like five six seven whatever times because otherwise i feel like it's going to be a very short game (laughs) yeah that is the that is the, the the struggle I'm um worried about here and that it might be a, a shorter title. Although like uh I think Kirby kind of the, the more recent Kirby game kind of showed that they can they can take these franchises that would normally be like a smaller experience and, and sort of Flesh expand them out upon a little. It. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm hopeful that this Princess Peach game will will have more than just like, you know, smaller levels, but uh so far, I think what they've shown for these transformations and outfits and stuff like it, it outside, I guess, of the mermaid costume, as you pointed out, which it seems to be a little more late of a laid back approach uh, <laughs> to a level as opposed to like, I think like Ninja and, you know, uh, uh, Persona, Phantom Thieves, uh, yeah. <laughs> Peach, you know, maybe maybe that mermaid level will be just a smaller thing, but maybe other outfits. Yeah, if I actually, yeah, now that you point out the mermaid again, if I have to sit and sing for yeah. <laughs> multiple levels, that that might turn me off. <laughs> I can see some outfits having, you know, more advanced levels. And then, like, I think there was some example of, like, Chef Peach gameplay that was, like, um, just like putting icing on a cake or something like those could be mini games while other more, you know, action oriented outfits like uh mighty peach could be bigger levels. So, uh, but every time we see this game, yeah. like I, I'm kind of like, okay, like more and more it's selling me on this being a, a fun and varied experience. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So uh, yeah, we'll be checking that out in March. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to share your thoughts on anything we discussed today, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. But that's going to do it for us this week. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Brian is at our Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>